0: CDB, That's Eric Deshaun Barrett for this day one of month nine, 2023. And imagine with me, if you were a part of a society that did unto others what was done to you, how would that make you feel? Most importantly, how are you feeling now that all of my sports friends would be able to answer this properly? We're heading into an opportunity to uh, start getting some money on them bets from these games that's popping off. Football, college, dung beetles, Liberia. That's what we talking about. We get a two at
1: two.
0: So I found myself Kind of stuck I Well I've been on this reality And this reality Has been more and more prevalent You mind if I close the door? As we uh, Get get deeper into our times together uh, If you hear a little noise That's me putting the mic In place And those deepnesses come because i more and more understand now i more and more understand what the mission statement is for not just me but what the growing mission statement should be if it's uh, what the mission statement is for me I dare to argue it should be for the culture that the idea of education should not limit itself to just a period in time that connects to some institution. But that the idea of education should center around a sunrise to sunset philosophy that literally stems not from the rising of the daily sun to the setting of the same, but from the rising of our personal sun, our birth into this world to the setting of the same when we find ourselves returning back to the earth by which we have come. That is the true essence, I argue, of education. And I found myself listening as I'm preparing for the African-American conversation we're going to have literally now in two weeks because, you know, holidays. And it brought me back, I had to kind of peel back and return to our our texts of the dung beetles of Liberia, because when you think about the black struggle, The Dung Beetles of Liberia, the book that we're reading, uh, in some ways mirrors this reality. The struggle of what happened here or what is happening uh, here in America. And then take that struggle and move it to another nation where you literally have individuals who understood, who knew what it was like to be in the fight who knew what it was like to be persecuted, who knew what it was like to be beaten and trodden, who knew what it was like to have someone to uh, put you in a position where you became and was from a feeling to a reality where you became, that's the reality, where you was, that's the feeling of being a second rate citizen. And then they take, And they decide, these white folks, that they no longer want you for whatever reason. That is something that is left to discuss uh, why uh, these Liberian or these Americo-Liberians were released from this particular part of the world, these states united being that particular part I'm referring to. Why were they released and then sent back to another nation? Why did that happen? That's the first problem or should I say the first moment of thought, the first uh, moment of curiosity that triggers my brain. But the most important part is something that I dare to say, well, maybe now that I think about it, both probably is hard to to discuss in this day. I mean, we have some theories, I'm sure, and some books that that lay around on some shelves, but why? Did these Americo-Liberian people find it not robbery to literally go over to a particular, another land and basically do to those people what had been done to them? That is the fascinating part that I take into consideration as we head into Our next chapter, we're in chapter four now of the dung beetles of Liberia by Mr. Daniel V. Mirror. And uh, we're talking about, um, are we in chapter four? We read one and two. No, I'm sorry. We're in chapter three. Yes. We're talking about Liberia. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now all that I said makes sense. Like, wait a minute, something ain't right here. And we're finding uh, as the book or as the chapter begins, let's read this first line. It says a lot of wealth was pouring into the country, mostly from international corporations. The national transportation system was still largely underdeveloped. Most of the roads had been built by international mining, timber and rubber companies. These roads Roads served the companies as well as the people of liberia and were not paved during the wet season they often became impassable uh, there was only one national airline Liber- liberian national airways but it flew only to few nearby destinations outside of liberia so that that basically gives us the, the key point of what we're dealing with in this, this country, it, it's, it's still at this time in 1961 in a very, very uh, underdeveloped, very, very infant state. And uh, not only is it in, in an infant state, but as we find that it's designed, this country is designed to be a centerpiece For the 1%, basically what these folks did, these Americo Liberians, is they left America and went and did to another group of people using the same playbook. They created a country using the same playbook that had oppressed the people that they once were which is fascinating to think that I question now, as I sit here and possibly, uh, I know that uh, racism is a problem. I am not here to dismiss the idea of racism, but what this book is suggesting to me is that uh, racism is probably an accurate term to disguise or to discuss or to make aware or bring awareness to what's going on in our culture. We don't need to talk about racism. We need to talk about all that racism encompasses. But there has to be another name that describes it because these Americo-Liberian people are literally the same color as me. These American Liberio individuals literally come from the same struggle that I came from. These Americo Liberians literally came and had to deal and was brought up and had the same structure, and the same uh, environment that I come from. They are black people. So what are we talking about here? When you say racism, how do you do that? And then th- these are not white people. That's what I'm trying to get at. So they're not hating people based on race. That's not happening here. As my microphone seems to be having some trouble because I'm getting a little excited thinking about this. They're hating. This is a systematic issue that deals in class warfare. Not racial warfare. This is about economics, not identity. It's about. Creating an environment that is based on financial stability for some and uncertainty for others. Not based on who you are, the content of your character. All those things are smoke and mirrors to try to deflect from the real truth. I want money. In order for me to get money, I have to... Put a certain group of people down. So let's read what's going on here. Some things that are happening in this, uh, this chapter three, we talked about uh, all the things that are happening uh, with how the nation is underdeveloped. Uh, This led to one of the individuals that our friend Vera was working with because of all the things that we discussed earlier uh the system these people you remember ken vera is uh goes to africa to uh do air transport services uh to different you know there instead of moving by courier instead of ups and the Uh, United States Postal Service or the Amazon truck, whatever. Now we're we're doing everything in the air. And we're under these conditions or these individuals are under these conditions where they're moving in the air. They're they're operating in this space, but they're operating without proper equipment. Imagine you fly. it's, It's one thing to drive around the streets on a hoopty. Think about that. That's, 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 that's bad. But at least if something sputs out when you're driving around the street in a hoopty, if it clunks, you can kind of maneuver it to the side of the road and potentially, you know, get out of harm's way before uh, the car just goes. Now imagine being in the air. Swimming, if you not not swimming, well you if the plane falls in, you know, there's that. But you had a, a situation where your your equipment is not working properly and you're flying over the bathtub that is called the Atlantic. I don't know if you noticed, but the Atlantic is a big piece of water. And when you start flying over, it takes you some time to get over that big piece of water. Uh, what do, how, how do you handle being up in the air? Think about this. With your equipment failing, this is what these people were dealing with. They were literally put in what you call the epitome of unsafe working conditions. And again, this is a pitch of reverse racism, if you want to put it that way, because these boys that are put in these situations are not black. They're white people that are being forced to work. Granted, one would argue they're making good money, but they're still forced to work in these unsafe working conditions. And that's what happened when uh, one of the brothers in chapter three Liberia dies. He dies because He's flying in, and because of the poor infrastructure, he didn't realize that he was flying into some power lines and literally went right through and cut his plane in half, which you took the wing off the side of the plane. As it says right here, he said, the wing's been cut, severed as clear as if someone had done it with a jigsaw. I taught he knew, that's this the German, I taught he knew about the communication cable, why am I sounding that voice, uh, it was put up yesterday, I'm sure I told him about it, well he obviously didn't know, or he forgot, and of course it wasn't marked, TIA, TIA, this goddamn place I swear, TIA, this is Africa, now that's what TIA means, but I, I sped by, I didn't tell you what that meant, or reminds you what that meant. So you have these power lines, this communication cable, which is live. It's like literally running a plane straight into the power lines outside. Right. But they they put them up in, in America. If you check out aviation system, number one, there's not a plane in the sky at any point that does not have any connection with some type of control tower. That does not happen except in 1961 in the jungle of Africa. Then you put these lines up and there's not a area in the world that would put power lines over a landing strip near an airport and then unmark them, except in this part of Africa. So you got a dead guy because of bad working conditions. Then you're dealing with something else here. That's very interesting. You're dealing with people who are supposed to be missionaries. They're supposed to be out here in these fields, trying to help the people, but they're getting caught up in the system too. They're low on funds. They're uh, basically hustling to try to help the people. As you heard in the first part, you know, everybody's trying to get something for nothing. Everybody's trying to uh, push somebody into whatever reality that they want them in. And they're on one hand pushing faith and religion, but on the other hand, basically we're, we're seeing some sense of hypocrisy here. And we hear this in the chapter where, uh, Uh, D talks about uh, a drunk and useless man of God. Basically, he's out preaching on Sundays, but then he's just laid up drunk and ain't doing anything during the week. Sounds like an American ideology here, which really that is because these people are American citizens that have been sent on the quote unquote mission field. Uh, What else we got in here? we have uh, uh, mostly just minute details. Uh, They have these instances where Ken Verer is forced, or should I say, who is led to kind of show his human side, despite the fact that uh, he's up against a very stern and very strict uh, society. For instance, there's a part in this in this chapter where this young lady gets severely her child gets severely sick and we're going to meet her a little bit later on. And Ken is, is you know, kind of have mercies on her or has mercy on her, has a feel for her. Ken starts to realize that 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 he can't be this tough. Some bitch that the rest of the culture wants to be—it's pulling to his heartstrings, and we're gonna—we're gonna find that out as we get to a little bit uh, down the road. Uh, now we—let uh, me see—that's in chapter three. Let me see—we're in uh, uh, chapter four. Now, in chapter four is where it gets a little bit dicey. It gets dicey because you finding yourself realizing that this is 1961 this is literally 15, 16 years post World War II and yet there's still some people who still not only are speaking but still believe That Hitler was right. Uh, Not only that, but you still have this, you have this moment of retaliation in Africa, which I don't think I or anybody else has seen uh, anywhere else in the world. Where the Jews, all those people that Hitler killed, all those people that hit, you know, the concentration camps, right? Okay, cool. So all those people that were put in those Those death chambers and and sent out for whatever reason that happened in Hitler's time. I'm sure you know it, but that's not what our mission statement here is. These Jews are looking for payback. They're looking to uh, get some retribution. And so now the Jews have the Germans seemingly or not seemingly literally running for their lives. It says right here in chapter four, it says, what his problem, he's talking about this gentleman that came up, uh, he thinks the Jews are after him. I've tried to tell him that he isn't that important and never was. I'm reading what the book says, and you've got this German who's speaking, so this, this English is a little, bit, uh, a little bit of a different ideology, mm-hmm. uh, but he doesn't believe me deep anticipated my next question. He had some minor job in the third Reich. He was a mid-level administrator in the ministry of agriculture. He didn't send anybody to the concentration camps. He didn't assassinate anybody. He doesn't even know how to use a gun. He's been a nervous bureaucrat all his life. And now he's convinced that they're after him. The Mossad is after him. Basic reality was going, as I said earlier, that we're now seeing the Jews that are after Hitler's gone, they're trying to reality, to retaliate on the Germans. So that's basically what this, this second chapter is about. And uh, basically where we're we're finding ourselves trying to as Ken is really trying to navigate through the world through a a uh, a colored world that in some cases as I must argue is the complete opposite of where he had come from which I don't know maybe down in the book we will we will discuss it I don't know if Mr. Verber ever really understood or ever really, um, dare I say, uh, recognize the inconsistencies and the, the, the injustices that was in his nation. But now he's forced to be in this particular part of the world and it's bothering him. It really is. Uh, Let me see. Let's, let's, let's do chapter five and, and kind of uh, get this, this over here, because this is where things get a little bit dicey here. A little bit, um, a little bit interesting. Now, remember he's got this girl that he left at the house. Remember Jenny, that's supposed to be the love of his life. That's supposed to be the girl of his dreams. He was so hurt that he had to leave her to, uh, go off and find himself. Now, notice with me, we're now five chapters in and you don't, you, you haven't outside of chapter one, you've never heard him mention Jenny, I haven't heard of her. She is almost like she doesn't exist in his mind anymore. And now not only does Jenny not exist in his mind, but he's got some other chick in his mind. He's got this chick that uh he's met that is working at the embassy. And they decided they're going out on a little date here. And uh let me see here. We we're going to put here uh uh we we're, we're looking at we're trying to find her name. Uh Anna that's her name. Uh and you know they're uh here here what i say? they're going out on a date i'm trying to read through to see what the what the important part of is 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 there any important part um not really much here is small talk you know trying to get to know each other we find out that that, that sh uh she was at this party that we talked about in chapter 4 which we totally skipped over please forgive me that's where they met and he uh decides that uh, he wants to go out with her. She needs to clear the air and, and apologize to him because uh, those German uh, uh, what's the word I want uh, not affiliates but uh, sympathizers. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. She wants to apologize for them because she felt like that that was a little bit embarrassing and blah blah blah. And now they're getting to know each other. And they're trying to trying to feel each other out, but he, here's the part where I want to get to because she asks, do you have a girlfriend back home? Watch what he says, Ken. I hesitated. I couldn't describe what I was feeling, but I knew it wasn't good. Yes. I said, she raised her eyebrows slightly. Are you engaged to her? No, not yet. And what does that mean? I think she wants to get married, have a family and a house in the suburbs, and you don't want to do that. For now, let's say I'm not ready for it. That's part of the reason I'm in Africa. What is the other part? Let's just say it's truly a dark November in my soul with a ghost I need to exonerate. So there's a part as we get back uh, that he uh, well, let's, let's move on because uh, we don't know what this dark November is. I have a clue what it is, Uh, but he goes here, but I have to admit emotions and feelings are strong motivators. I think of them as colors that an artist uses to paint pictures and those pictures could well be our lives. And what about the dark November? Well, uh, we talked for a long while about Cornell and I think I convinced her that my decision to come to Africa was based partly on logic and partly on the dark November, uh, which he didn't really describe, but we're going to, uh, I think we're going to get down the road. We're going to realize that, that remember Arthur, Arthur, remember that name that might have something to do with the the dark november and that's what we're going to talk about when we pick up in chapter six uh on wednesday ah oh, holidays man oh, yeah Okay, cool. That's not cool. What do you want to talk to me about, sir?
1: Uh, College football just started.
0: It did. It did. It started Yeah,
1: there was was a couple... Well, technically, there was a couple games last week on Saturday. Uh Uh-huh. But I don't think really anybody watched any of them, except for there was one game that the only interesting part about it was that it didn't happen in the United States.
0: Where did it happen?
1: in ireland
0: wait they're playing college football in ireland now
1: well yeah there's just one game out there there's notre dame versus navy they played in ireland and notre dame like crushed navy like 40 something to three or something like that
0: so these these like military football teams the army the navy are they any good
1: not usually Every once in a while, they might have, like, a decent team, but they're never, like, you know, I don't think they've ever won, like, a national championship or anything.
0: Because, I mean, the focus of the military school is not necessarily to win football games. It's actually to train people to actually go and kill terrorists.
1: Yeah, pretty much. You'd think that that's what their primary objective would be when joining the military, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, when you talk about Army versus Navy, are these really, like, kids from, like, VMI or, um, uh, what's the other school? West Point, stuff like that.
1: West Point. I I think so, but I have actually not really.
0: I've no never idea. really paid attention to where the Army and Navy came from. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. And I think there's only Army and Navy. Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen, like, a Marines team or, like, a you know, Coast Guard or anything like that.
0: Because the ROTC only is only for Army and Navy. Okay. So it's like you can, from the Army and Navy, you can like. I think like the Navy one deals in the Marines. I think from like Army and Navy. I think that, I don't know. I have to go back and look at it. I'm actually studying the ROTC program, to be honest with you yeah but from the Navy they kind of specialize in the Marines too, so it's like they have the Navy program, but then you can go be a marine, and then you know the Army is by themselves, and I think from the Navy you go to the other uh
1: well, the space force
0: they they're kind of the same they don't have their own thing no. just like the you know the yeah. Yeah. So, football started. Yeah. Are you excited? What happened? Who won? Yeah. Okay, LA Knight. Who won?
1: Yeah. Um. So, there was two games. I think only two games. Really only one that had any sort of relevance last Saturday. That was the Notre Dame game because it happened in Ireland. Uh, and then there was a couple of games last night. Oh. Yeah, Florida versus Utah. They played each other last night. Florida lost.
0: Florida, as in, not, well, we're not talking about Miami, right?
1: No, no. Florida, as in, like, the Florida
0: Gators. I was about to say, I'm like, are we talking about, yeah, all right, cool.
1: Yeah, Florida Gators.
0: Yeah, nobody cares about them. All right, what else happened? Um.
1: And then. There was also...
0: You don't even know yet, do you? You don't have your facts together.
1: Uh, I, I got pull it pulled up here. Oh, there was actually quite a few games last night, but really the only ones that mattered, I guess, was Florida and Utah was because Utah is ranked. And then there's also a game that happened last night in Minnesota mm-hmm. against a team which I believe you have chosen as your... College football team this year. Oh, years. Years
0: past. Oh, Nebraska.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not ODU. Nebraska.
0: Oh. ODU.
1: No, not ODU. No,
0: not Not them. Oh, they not they them? All,
1: they played yet.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Nebraska.
1: Nebraska played last night in Minnesota, and what happened? You are just starting off the season strong with an oh and one record. They won.
0: No, they lost.
1: Oh, that—that's what I mean by an 0 and one record. Oh, no right. wins, one I, loss. I yeah, they, they lost thirteen excited. to ten.
0: I mean, we already said they were going to lose. At least I did.
1: Is that what you picked on your thing? I
0: did, did. You pick them last night. Yes, I oh, did. Oh,
1: Yes, you did. you did. You did pick them to lose. Look at that.
0: Yes, yes, I was. Well, right. hey,
1: at least you were correct in your prediction.
0: I was correct in my prediction. So
1: I guess you uh, technically get a point for being right.
0: Is that that how you want to play it? Uh, I guess. So do I just put plus one up here for me, or do I just put a check mark?
1: Correct in your prediction.
0: I guess I'll put a check mark.
1: Yep, check mark. You were right. They lost, just like you said they would.
0: Okay, done. I guess I can put here. I don't know. It didn't give me the check mark. Oh. I need to put an L. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's so cool! I can see you like actually doing it.
0: It's, yes. Uh, I don't have a. It won't give me a check mark. Uh, I'm looking for the check mark emoji. There it is.
1: It'd be all the way at, like the end of the thing, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, I got it. There's the check mark. Okay, got him.
1: And then your other team, ODU, they play tomorrow, Saturday, the 2nd.
0: ODU.
1: So we don't have anything for them yet. They're playing against uh, Virginia Tech.
0: Yes, they are.
1: Yep. And then as far as my teams, so our NFL teams don't play yet. That's still like another week away.
0: ODU. But then as far
1: as my teams are concerned, Miami plays tonight. Friday night, September 1st.
0: Friday night at 8. We are uh, going to be late. Oh, sorry.
1: So they play tonight. And then my other team I picked is UT Martin. They play tomorrow, September 2nd, against the two time reigning national champion, Georgia Bulldogs.
0: Oh, that's going to be an L.
1: Oh, yeah. Heck yeah, it is. Yeah. That's going to be an L. Yeah. Yeah. yeah! Gonna be an L A night, yeah. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Just so you know, I am like so far behind on WWE.
0: i about to say, "Is L A night even
1: still a thing?" I don't even
0: know. I mean, I don't know. Do you know that people are dead?
1: I, I do know that Bray Wyatt died. Yes, I
0: oh, do know about that. You know, he's actually yeah. now really catching flies in his mouth.
1: Is that a little too soon for... I mean,
0: it that? might be. I thought about it. I, I got a little sweetness <laughs> after I said it.
1: Like, right after you said it, I was like,
0: uh, I mean, I get it, but yeah. isn't it a little too I soon? I mean, yeah, it crazy? kind of made me squirm a little bit, so, you know. Like, yeah. 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 yeah,
1: A little too soon for that one. Yeah.
0: yeah. Alright. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, but really, he is catching flies now with his mouth.
1: Yeah, like, for real, he actually did. This is not just, like, a WWE killed him off the script type of thing, which I don't think they ever actually would do something like that. But, like, no, he's actually dead.
0: I mean, he is. He's dead. I mean, he's not going to rise again.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's not Undertaker.
0: No, he's not. Even though he did do a lot with...
1: It's crazy, like, like, because... They brought back his character just recently, too, like, within the past year. (sighs) And he had all these, like, spotlight moments in the the ring talking about a lot of stuff, you know, like, life and everything. Yeah! And then when I saw he died, I was like, damn.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did they
1: say how he died yet? Excuse me? Did they say how he died?
0: Apparently, it was in his sleep
1: he have
0: like some sort of health condition or something? Uh, Cardiac arrest, I think they said.
1: Dang. Yeah. He had a heart attack in his sleep.
0: Pre- yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's
1: crazy.
0: Yeah. Are we going to see him talk about morbid shit all day?
1: No, no. We don't have to talk about that anymore. I was about
0: to say because that, that doesn't make me feel comfortable. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, but as far as WWE is concerned, I'm so far behind. Like, the last thing I think I watched was maybe Monday Night Raw before SummerSlam. Yeah. So, I've I've missed SmackDown, SummerSlam, and, like, another three or four episodes of each Raw and SmackDown since then. Yeah. And I think, what, don't they have another uh, premium live event coming up this weekend, or? Yeah. What is it called? Payback. Yeah. Payback. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, I have no idea what's going on at Payback because I have not paid attention since before SummerSlam.
0: Shinsuke versus uh Seth Rollins. Yeah.
1: Like uh as far as Roman Reigns and the Bloodlines concerned, Roman I don't really
0: Reigns know what ain't going to be there. Yeah.
1: Did, did Jay beat him or Jay Russo
0: is in AEW now. Yeah.
1: Whoa! What?
0: No, he's not. He's... Uh, you know, that's the story. Okay, I was about to say,
1: damn! I really missed a lot, didn't I?
0: Yeah, that's the story. Because he quit, and they're like, he's going to AEW. Yeah, because he got screwed by his brother, so they're like, he's he's going to AEW, which is not true. That's the
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, something is right here.
0: I don't know. Okay. Didn't you study sports I'm, in school? I'm confused. What? I'm confused too. Didn't you study sports in school? Yes. What did you go to school for How did you study sports in school? Like, like, what was you doing when you were studying sports? I'm curious.
1: Uh, I mean, we studied a lot of different things about sports. Like, we talked. We studied like. Uh, I'm trying to remember
0: now. I'm like, you don't even remember what you did in school?
1: I know I had to write papers on, like, you know, the rule changes of different sports and, like, women's history in sports and, like, culture and things like that.
0: Wow. All that, and you're still killing bugs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Get them bugs, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, who's going to win the Super Bowl this year? Miami? Dallas
1: Cowboys, yeah.
0: No. No, that's not going to happen. Well, I mean,
1: it's
0: not going to be the Miami Dolphins. I know that much. You, 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 you think not? So? Why not?
1: Because they still got to try to beat Josh Allen and the Bills and Aaron Rodgers and the Jets.
0: Isn't Aaron Rodgers getting put out the Jets? We heard that conversation. I heard it.
1: He got
0: what? He was getting put out the Jets. Put out? You know, last week it was the uh, 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 You're Not Playing Football Anymore Tuesday, I think it was, on Pat McAfee. You know, the day when they go in and they clean out the rosters because, you know, they have to get down to 53. Oh, uh, yeah, because
1: they got to cut down the rosters from the preseason.
0: Yeah, you know, so now, you know, everybody's going to be man number 54. Yep. And he talks about how Dwayne Rock Johnson is the, uh, he owns the XFL now because he was man number 54, and he's like, yep. he wasn't going to be man number 54, and so he went and, you know, went on to become the Rock, the most electrified man in sports entertainment, and it all started because he was actually told that he was man number 54. Yep. Yeah. Yes.
1: So now all those players that got cut can go play for the Rock in the XFL. All
0: the, all those players that got cut will soon smell what the Rock. What is the cooking. Rock is cooking. And it smells like shit because he's a Republican. Oh, I'm sorry. Never mind. <laughs> sorry. Isn't he running for president or something?
1: Uh, I mean, he did in his TV show.
0: Oh, uh, he also fought Roman Reigns in his TV show, and that hasn't happened yet. So you know, there is that.
1: Wait, did he really?
0: You. I'm saying that. I thought they said something about he was. He did a lot of teasing about fighting Roman Reigns in in the uh, in the. Oh uh, yeah,
1: I think he, he like mentions Roman Reigns or something.
0: It was something about he, you know, he could fight Roman Reigns at WrestleMania or something like that. It was, it was.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like some sort of like little tease or something, but
0: yeah. Yeah. But he never really fought Roman Reigns. Yeah. No. Never happened.
1: Never happened. Don't know if it ever will.
0: Oh, it will happen. It will happen. You'll see. He's gonna fight Roman Reigns. Oh, uh, that's
1: right, because he made the comment about being family and all that.
0: Yeah, yeah, he'll fight. He like
1: made a comment about him like being like isn't he like his like younger cousin or something? Mm. Are they cousins or something like that?
0: There are cousins. Yeah. They are cousins. They they're they very they're very they're very so uh, Matthew, I have some questions for you. Yeah. Uh do you know when the Philadelphia uh, when Philadelphia beat the Red Sox four to one in twenty four innings in Boston in the longest game in AL history? Do you know when that happened?
1: Do what? I know when that happened? Yes,
0: when that happened.
1: Philadelphia and Boston.
0: Philadelphia beat Boston.
1: Philadelphia beat Boston.
0: Yeah. Yeah! When did that happen? You gonna go look it up. Hello,
1: are you still
0: there? Yeah. Hello? Yeah?
1: Gosh darn, did I lose service?
0: I hear ya. I can't hear ya. Did you, uh, did you not know... When it was, or did you want me to tell you? Okay, I can hear you now.
1: All right, what was that? Philadelphia, you said beat Boston
0: 24 innings? Yeah. 4-1? Yeah. Yeah, that was back in 1906. Oh, you looked it up.
1: What?
0: Yeah,
1: you looked it up. What are you
0: talking about? Okay. I don't look stuff up. Okay. Future Baseball Hall of Fame first baseman Lou Gehig. Hits his third Grand Slam in four days and six homers in consecutive games in New York Yankees 5-1 win over Boston.
1: How, how did you say his name?
0: Lou Gehrig? Gehrig? Lou, Lou Gehrig? Lou Gehrig. What did I say?
1: Ge- Ge- Gehrig?
0: <laughs> Lou Gehrig. Yeah, Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig. Yeah, Lou Gehrig. Gehrig. Yeah, Lou Gehrig. Gehrig. Yeah, Lou Gehrig. Gehrig. Lou Gehrig! Anyway.
1: Yeah, Lou Gehrig.
0: Yeah, the, when did he do that?
1: He, I believe he's the one that they have that they call it Lou
0: Gehrig's disease. Ooh, that's what I think. some
1: sort of disease that they named after him, yeah. Oh. I think it was the ALS or MLS or.
0: Something like that that he ended up having, and
1: he was like, why well,
0: the most famous for having it, or something. They named it Lake Garrick's disease.
1: Uh, when did that happen,
0: That's sir? not what you're asking
1: about. You're asking about what
0: happened in 1931. Is that when it happened? Yeah. Oh, you sure about that? Yeah. Yeah! Uh, yeah! Yeah! yeah. 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 <coughs> oh, okay. You alright? You yeah, ha- you having some you having some problems? Yep, I'm good though. I'm good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When did the Pittsburgh Pirates start what is believed to be first all black lineup, including seven several Latinos in MLB history in ten seven win v Philadelphia Phillies includes future Hall of Famer Robert. Clementine and Willie Stargell. When that happened,
1: that would be Willie Stargell. What did I say? Uh, Stargell.
0: Why can't it be Stargell? Why can't it be really Stargell?
1: Really and also, it's Roberto Clemente, not Clementine.
0: Why can't it be? Cle- Why can't it be Clement? Clemente. Why? What? Why can't it be Clementine? It's,
1: it's, it's not Clementine. He's on an orange.
0: Why can't he be Stargell? I mean, you could Stargill if you want, but most people call him Willie Stargill, I believe. He's Stargill. He's Stargill. He is Star Clementine. S-T-A-R-G-E-L-L. Stargill.
1: Yeah, sure. Okay, Stargill is fine, but Clemente,
0: not Clementine. He is Clem, C-L-E-M-E, Clem-E. What did I say, Clemente?
1: Yeah, you called him Clementine.
0: Clementine?
1: There's, there's no "tine" in
0: his name. No, there is no "tine." I couldn't read no, that. You're right. My bad. Clemente. You're right. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, Roberto Clemente. He's the one. He died a, in a plane crash, I believe, when he was doing some charity work down in like a Dominican Republic, maybe or mm. somewhere mm. one of the Spanish-speaking countries.
0: Uh, that, yeah, he died in a plane crash. That was unfortunate. Uh, But yeah, the Pirates,
1: they started the uh, all-black lineup in 1971.
0: Ah, that's when it happened, 1971?
1: Yep, Jackie Robinson was the first black player back in 1947. And it took about almost, what is that, 20, not 30 years, but just under 30 years before they had a team, an entire lineup with all-black players.
0: Mm. Yeah. The New York Mets pitcher... (laughs) Tom Seaver shuts down Pittsburgh Pirates 3-0, first to reach 200 strikeouts for MLB record eight straight seasons.
1: 1975, Tom Seaver.
0: Mm, oh, that's when that happened? Mm-hmm. Now, who is Tom Seaver?
1: The New York Metropolitans. And who is he? He's a pitcher for the Mets.
0: Mm, Where do he come from? In the US. I don't know. He's a white guy. Oh! See, that's how all white guys come from. That's how I know you're looking up because you don't even know where he came from.
1: Because I don't know where the dude was born.
0: Uh huh. My final one.
1: Guy, he was probably born somewhere in the US.
0: My my final one for today. Willie Totten or Tooten. Totten, Tooten, tomato, tomato. Mississippi, Mississippi Valley State passes for Division IAA, record 536 yards and nine TDs touchdowns, in 86 0 win versus Kentucky State. This person catches 17 passes for 294 yards and five TDs touchdowns, breaks own division double-a record for total yardage in pass receptions who is this person and what year did he do this
1: the year is 1984 Ooh. the person that caught those passes actually went on to have an amazing NFL career playing for the San Francisco 49ers in fact I believe he is like the number one wide receiver in the Hall of Fame the stats in the NFL. Welcome to the Hall of Fame. And oh. that man's name, and I believe he was also like an inspiration to wide receivers everywhere, mm. including my favorite player of all time, Terrell Owens. Oh. But uh, but that wasn't the most person that caught these passes. No, that would have been Jerry Rice.
0: Oh. Yep. It, it for
1: happened. The 49ers.
0: It happened today in
1: 1984.
0: That's right. That's a very interesting year.
1: It is a very interesting year, isn't
0: it? Yes. Do you know why it's a very interesting year?
1: Uh, I believe it's probably because that would have been your 50th birthday that
0: year. You can go fuck fuck yourself. (laughs) Uh, 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 uh. That was my first year, you bastard.
1: Oh, that was the year you were born?
0: Yes, that's the year I was born, you bastard.
1: Oh, my goodness. I thought you were, like, 100 years old.
0: You know what? You can (laughs) spray that bug spray in your tongue.
1: Uh, Speaking of being 100 years old, did you hear who died just before turning 100 years old? Who was that? You ever watch The Price is Right?
0: Bob Barker?
1: Bob Barker.
0: He's dead?
1: Yeah, he died, like, a week or two ago.
0: You gotta be kidding me.
1: Yeah, he would have turned 100 in December.
0: Well, that sucks.
1: He was 99 years old, which is interesting because, you know, like, with prices, right? You know that spinning wheel, how you're supposed to try to get as close to a dollar without going over? Yes. So everyone was making the joke that he got as close to 100 without going over.
0: Wow. Didn't Betty White get closer? Yeah, did she, she did
1: the same thing, yeah. Yeah. She, did the same thing. she died, like, I think. I think hers was even closer. I think she was, like... A couple of weeks or a couple of days from turning 100. Because, like, this guy, Bob Barker, he was supposed to turn 100 in December. So, there's still at least a few months.
0: Because uh, people's like, when was she going to die? Jesus, she just kept going. Yeah, she
1: died just before turning 100, too, I think. But I think hers was, like...
0: She died December 31. She literally died before the new year.
1: Yeah. When's her birthday, though? J-
0: January 17th
1: yeah see so she turned she would have turned 100 like just about two and a half weeks later
0: she literally died before the new year
1: oh hold on a second
0: hold on oh uh, well yeah. i think we can just put this to bed right here just uh, we'll pick this up uh next week sometime because you know, we're talking about death here now yeah i'm just gonna put this to bed know
1: that i